All right, what is going on, everybody? It is Thursday, happy hour, clearly. <laughs> um, I saw everyone posting their quarantine here, and I thought I had to take it to the next level. The gauntlet has been thrown down. This is now the bar for quarantine hair. <laughs> um, after my shower this morning, my wife and the girls decided to put my hair into curlers. Put a whole bunch of these in my hair, um, and I just took them out now. And so that's what we're all looking at now. Hopefully, you guys are doing well. For those of you who are catching this only on the podcast, I think that you kind of have to take a look at this um, on the live stream. It is, I think, pretty incredible. Hopefully, you guys are doing well today. It is Thursday, a little bit after three o'clock in the afternoon. I can't take myself hardly any seriously here because this hair is. Pretty phenomenal, I gotta say. Uh, I also have a little bit of a new microphone set up for today. I've got the usual uh, shotgun mic over there. That's going into what you guys are listening to. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. And then I got this lav mic, and that's gonna go into uh, the recording for the uh, podcast. So hopefully that goes well. So Matthew Montillo says, I'm bald, so nice hair, bro. Thank you very much. Uh, Frank Lulier says, nice. Maybe he might be talking to Cody Davis though. And then uh, Joshua Payne says, nice hair there, sir. Awesome. Alex Goldvark says, bro, Fuzzy, let the hair grow. It tracks the passage of time. Yeah, I mean, it's like a time capsule uh, of sorts, letting us know how long it would be. Um, ben says, uh, I like it. You should permit. I was thinking, like, um, can you imagine, like, if I went to, like, a Korean hairdresser and I was like, you know what? I want to do something really funny. Can you blow me out in, like, a, like curly hair? And then I accidentally came home with, like, a perm and this was going to be like this for four months. That would be amazing. So I, I think like I just took the curlers out and already my hair is so thick um, that uh, the curls are losing their luster, I think, a little bit. Uh, so we'll see by the end of this live stream how much I have left of it. But I think it's pretty funny for now. Uh, my wife was on like a work call when I did the big reveal for my family. <laughs> she kind of lost it when she saw this. She thinks it's pretty amazing. She also thinks that I should permit this way as well. I kind of like it. I don't think she's wrong. Um, Chris says the sound is a bit scratchy. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see what we got here. Um, Hopefully it's okay. Let's see. Um, I think I have everything set in the same way I've been normally doing it. Oh, that looks different. Okay. Hopefully that's a little bit better. Sorry about that for the sound. Carter Sanford says, looking good, Co. Thank you. Let's see. For today, for happy hour today, I've got an anti-hero, which is probably, I think, I don't know if it's the first, but I think it's probably like the flagship, I want to call it, from Revolution Brewing, which is a local brewery here in Chicago. It's one of my favorites that they make. And they make a lot of like beers that are derived off of this flavor. Um, so like the, the something hero is like a theme that they have with their beer. So nice and tasty. Um, happy Thursday to you guys. We've almost made it through the week. Um, and Brioscafool says it's Corona hair. Yeah. So it's certainly a crown. So I feel like the name, name, name fits. Um, let's see. Um, Black Farm says, how many hat days does it take to achieve this masterpiece? This is rollers. We put it in rollers for sure. So we had a whole bunch of these. Um, the girls got, it was a team, it was a family effort after my shower this morning. I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, but it like it's weird that it does make my hair look like a little bit frizzy at the end. So it almost looked like I did this mechanically, or not not mechanic, but like with a a blow dryer or something, or, or maybe chemically. But just just rollers. <laughs> Matthew Wenzel says the hair looks at uh, that lettuce. Yeah, it's it's kind of fantastic. Uh, Eric says this nice boof. <laughs> um, is it Kono no Fuzi? Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, Bub Tub says, it's so happy that it smells hempy, this beer. Oh, no, I think you're talking about something else, right? Um, you were talking about, can- was it Cano Bliss IPA that you're talking about or this one? This one's pretty tasty. So let me know what you guys are drinking today. I think some people are just having some water today. That's awesome. I know a lot of you guys listen to this at work, so that makes sense. Um, Ricardo Katagiri says, cheers. Well, cheers to you too as well. Guido Man says, anti-hero, straight out of Binnie's. Yeah, this one, I mean, we got this one basically just from downstairs. Um, uh, there's a little grocery store in our building uh, that carries a pretty decent selection of beer, which is pretty nice and convenient. 
And uh, But yeah, Benny's is a great place to get uh, a wide selection of beers. Goku Runner says, what's up, everyone? Hope you're doing all right in Texas, sir. Bo Bar Barnett says, I'm drinking Gatorade. Awesome. Got a fun, muddy run in today. Oh, awesome. Today, uh, I got in a, a little bit of a shorter run, like seven and a half miles or so, because uh, I knew it was going to start raining, and I just beat the rain. And then it poured, and there was lightning and thunder. Um, the mic in my shirt is causing the sound, you think? But this mic is connected not to what you're hearing. This mic is only connected to my phone. So unless they're, they're creating interference with each other, which I suppose it could be, hopefully that's not it. Because this is just going straight to the phone. Hmm, but it sounds like I'm still getting that. Let's see. Hmm. Um, I'll have to listen to it in the, like, I'll listen to it again later. I didn't hear any of that earlier in my testing, but I'm not a great audio person. Still working on that. Um, let's see. Uh, Lewis Cameron says, coming in from Boston, that hair is nuts. It sure is. Super Small says, I'm still hearing some scratching, but only with earbuds. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe I need to um, bag this setup. Maybe it doesn't work. Um, hmm. Because I don't want to hear, I don't want scratching to happen in this. But maybe if I, I mean, can it be? But this isn't connected to that at all. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Hmm. JC says, hello from SD. Chicago boy missing me some zombie dust. Ah, yes. Good beer. Greg Gutierrez says, great Scott. You drinking? I only just started now. I came this way. <laughs> um, Blaz Grabner says, what's up? Good to see you, Blaz. Uh, I think you were the first commenter today in today's video. Simon Parker says, despite lockdown, I'm still working every day from home. But a day off tomorrow. Awesome. So definitely happy hour tonight. Whiskey and a Coke. Awesome. That sounds great. Very cool. Drinking some Long Trail IPA says Embryo Sukaful. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Taco Chef is still on the clock, but might crack, crack open a cerveza. Very nice. FOD Runner says, evening, mate. Nice hair. Thank you, Andy. Um, I saw you running in the Saucony um, Endorphin Pros. Looks nice. Um, CJ Crew says, how many pairs of shoes did it take for you to stop feeling like the shoes will instantly make you feel, instantly make you faster? Um, uh, I still feel like some shoes make me feel faster instantly. So I think the answer is TBD. Still, still trying it out. Um, Nathan N says, I don't hear any wire wine. Okay. All right. But Fotex says there's definitely some scratching going on. Hmm. Not sure where that would be coming from. All right. Let's, let, I think I'm a little bit behind. On, well, I'm not that far behind on the comments. We'll see if it still happens. Uh, Ricardo Katagiri says, got an 8K run with 500 meters of vertical, then had three pints. So I'll leave it there. Enjoy the beer. That's a good day. That's a real good day. Like a, a renaissance kind of day. A little bit of everything. Tom Anderson says, do you have any suggestions for a road shoe that blurs the line between daily trainer and max cushion? I want something to soak up the miles while not losing road feel. Um, between daily trainer and max cushion? I think that's where a lot of the max cushions are going these days. Um, so I would say like 1080 V10, Triumph 17. I mentioned those like every day, I feel like. Um, those are two shoes that definitely do that. Um, like they're the heavier, um, like, daily trainers um i think the clifton six also does a really good job of that without being heavy uh of like kind of like sitting in that line as well cj crew says my wife bought me a kafusi shirt and hat and i better be faster instantly i'm pretty sure you will be i can pretty much guarantee it i stand behind that <laughs> but that's a good one i mean that's got a great place what a very, very thoughtful present from your wife that's awesome um blaz grabnar says I, I went sub one in a 400 in a long time plus six times 400, all under 74 seconds. That's amazing. I can't remember the last time I went under four. I mean, I can't remember the last time I ran a 400. I certainly can't remember the last time I went, did it under 60 seconds. I'm not sure I ever did one under 60 seconds. Come to think of it. I don't think I've ever done one under 60 seconds. That's fast. Um, awesome. Marty in Taiwan says, I bought a Zoomfly Flyknit on my birthday today. Cool, happy birthday. Martin Lange says, cheers from Germany, Kafuzi. Uh, for me, a nice red wine from Tuscany. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Very cool. Chance Tokubo says, have I run any Hoka's lately? Uh, yes. I think about a week ago, I ran in the Carbon X again, just to get some more miles in those. Um, but Hoka's been a little bit quiet in terms of the releases. They pushed a lot of their stuff back. So like the Clifton 7, the Bondi 7, and the Clifton Edge, which has been making some appearances, making the rounds on Instagram lately. Uh, those were all supposed to be out by like now, but I think all those have moved back a month or two. 
So like it, it'll be a while, and I think that like Hoka's gonna be very heavy on the last half of the year. But they've been they've just kind of been like waiting out the storm. I think. Um, Blas Grabner says, uh, talking about his 400s. It, I w it was the first time it happened. Really like that it happened on one of your videos. Awesome, cool. Oh, he was one of the first. I thought he was talking about his 400s. No, he was the first commenter. And he's the first time he's been the first commenter. Awesome. Very cool. Jeremiah Johnson's got a Guinness for today. Awesome. Carlos Sejas says hi. And I keep verification says lost in the sauce over there or what? No. No, 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 no. I'm just on beer number one for today. Um, usually only bring one to the live stream. Uh, but uh, decided for today, just for a little bit of fun, that we would try doing um, some curlers for uh, the live stream for today. Uh, trying that out. And it was kind of fun. It was kind of, the girls had a lot of fun doing it. It was a little bit annoying sitting like this in curlers all day today. But other than that, it was a pretty pleasant experience and I liked the results. Um, not, not that I feel like this is like a superior kind of presentation for me, but um, pretty fun. And I think I keep, I keep messing with it so I'm losing a lot of the curls and the volume. But like, look at this curly guy over here. This one. Yeah, I wish they could all be like that guy but they can't. My wife says I need to have longer hair for it to really work. But then she also, I think she's been doing some research into it because she likes this idea. She was like saying she saw someone that else that had used straws to do curls and that worked out really well. So maybe for round two. Carlos says, says I'm late. You missed out on a lot, Carlos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's good to see you. We're just hanging out, talking about my, uh, my uh, raising of the bar, I would say for uh quarantine hair boner garage says hey boner garage what's up with that name i saw your comment the other day and i was like i'm not sure if this is a troll account or what but good to see you here but tell me a little bit about, more about that username gaseous dave says the nova blast make me feel instantly faster cool tried them out today and boy are they squishy in a bad way at first okay took a sec to learn how to run in them all right well i i mean i take I'll take that. Um, I haven't run in them except for that first day, and I need to put some more. I'd like to put some more miles in them. I like. I, I get that a lot. Of, why a lot of people love them, and a lot of people do love them a lot. Um, and um, but I'm I'm not so sure on it. I have some doubts on it, but we'll see. We'll see. That's what like the longer term test is for. Um, Key verification says this isn't an exemplary behavior that the polar group fan club strives to have. I think it kind of is. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Scott Nixon says, what are you drinking, Co? Nothing. I'm just having some fun with hair and physical appearance, just messing around. I think after a couple of minutes, I think I'm going to get the hat out because this is a lot. I, I'm very distracted. I'm very distracted. I just can't stop looking at it. Um, Frank LaHulia says, if you have a workout in a long run on back-to-back -back days, which order is better? Workout first day versus long run second day or vice versa? Um, it depends on what you're prioritizing. Do the one you're prioritizing first. Although generally I would think if you're doing like speed work on the first, on, on that workout day, I would do that on the first day. Cause in the long run you can use as like a recovery slash long run, but that having the long run second also gives you that cumulative fatigue, which I'm a big fan of. So I really like back to back long run days. I usually do like a big Saturday and a relatively big Sunday. Um, so I would probably just generally put the long run um, second. All right. I think we've had enough of this. My wife will be disappointed. But I took plenty of pictures of it. So, all right. Back, back to normal. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Ramsey Coronado says, love the hair. It's just like mine. Oh, we're going to have to see that. I, I, not, I don't think I've been. I don't know if you have videos, Ramsey, but we'll have to go check it out. Um, Louis Becerra says Conan has nothing on you. <laughs> Martha's here and says I'm late too. And OMG, the hair is scary. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll put it under wraps for a little while. We'll see what it looks like at the end. Blaz Grabnar um, went to the hairdresser today in a long, first time in a long time. He's had long hair, really annoying. It was quite enjoying, like a massage for your hair. Yeah, yeah. I would like to get a haircut. I don't feel comfortable going to a hairdresser yet or like a barber but I can't wait to go to mine. Like mine, the barber that I go to around the neighborhood, it's like an old school barber shop. They don't take reservations. They don't have um, like, uh, like, a, like an app where you can check in or anything like that. When you get there, you write your name on a chalkboard and you get in line. And sometimes the wait is like over an hour and a half. Um, I can't imagine how long the wait's gonna be once that place can open up again. 
Um, let's see. Uh, Franco says, have you tried the PEG 37s? How different are they from the Turbo 2s? I have not tried them, but I think they're gonna be very different than the Turbo 2s. Let's see. Um, Louis Becerra says, I also hear a lot of scratching noise in the audio. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to cut off the, um, the lavalier mic. Dave says, I'm late, what's going on? It's still light in Wales. Awesome, very cool. Good to see you, Dave. Glad you're here. Juan de, Bo Juan de Dios Benavides says, math question. On rolling hills, HR goes up and down, but still end up averaging at or right under math. Should I still maintain it under math going uphill? Try not to go uh, above five BPM, thoughts? Um, I would say that like you're going to, like there's two ways to approach it. Knowing that you've got some rollers like up and downhill, I would say um, getting into that section, you're, you should go, go into it. Like let's say you're going at 145, which is my number. I would go into it at like 140 or 135. Being realistic, that's probably not what's happening to you and probably not what I would actually do. Um, all right, let me know, like, uh, Fotex still getting crackling and popping. Hmm. Hopefully there's not something wrong with this microphone. Just rechecking all the connections. Um, okay. Well, let's see what happens. Um, so uh, I would say, like, you're probably not going to get lower on the heart rate. The idea would be to get in lower so that way, like when your heart rate does increase on the uphills, you're still under your, your number. The idea would be to be under your number. The other way to think about it is I wouldn't worry incredibly, depending on how long you've been doing math training, if you go, if you float over it a little bit as you're like cresting the hill and for the first part of the downhill coming back down. Um, but I would also then on your downhill not be like, ooh, now I can work really hard and get the leg turnover real fast. I would say do one or the other. Either be very strict about not going over your, your limit, or um, if you are gonna let yourself go over the limit, then don't really push it on the way down. Go way under your limit on the way down. Do one or the other um, is what I would say. Um, but you know, I think there's probably a lot of different opinions on that one. Uh, the other thing that I would say is if you can, I would avoid doing, if you're very early in your math training, I would say avoid going over lots of rollers and try to stay uh, as flat as you can just so that you can keep it really nice and easy. Uh, Martha says she received the Kofusi Run Club Neck Gator. It's really soft and nice quality. Awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad that you think so. Um, I hope you wear it in good health. Fabian Wolf says, hi, Kofusi. Great hairdo. I've had some fun with my hair. Shaved all my hair off for the first time. Awesome. Well, I've said it, I look now like a Buddhist monk. Ha ha. Yeah, that's cool. I've been thinking about doing that as well. Um, we'll see how much longer I can like deal with this kind of hair. See, now, now that I've had her under the hat, now it just looks like hat hair. That's pretty amazing. You know, I've always been very envious of people like um, Jack uh, Nicholson. Um, not, which one was the actor? Not, not the golfer, the actor. Um, and... Um, and like uh, Albert Einstein that just have that like wispy hair that can like stand up straight and just do all sorts of crazy things. Like, I guess I'm kind of had that now, but that's all what I really wanted. Um, let's see. Nathan N says, after cutting the mic, there are still cracks and bubbles in the sound. Hmm. Maybe there's something going on with this mic here today. I apologize for that. Um, I'm not really sure why that would be. I'll have to check into that. Uh, let's see. Since you mentioned the Nova Blast, says Scott, I am uh, exchanging for the Peg 37. Stack height is too much for me. Hmm, interesting. I do think that the Nova Blast stack height is pretty high as well, though. So I would check into that. But I also feel like, I mean, I saw some pictures of like the 37 next to the 36. And the 37 is only supposed to be a handful of millimeters, like a few millimeters taller than 36, but it just looks like it's so much taller. And I know a lot of that's like the optics and that's what they want it to look like. They want to give you the impression that there's so much stack height on it, but like, like those numbers are hard to deal with. You just got to wear them, I think. Um, Ricardo Katagiri says, thinking about buying a watch with GPS map, which one would you recommend? If you want one with a map, I mean, I think the Apple Watch has a really great ways of having like dynamic maps on there. Like um, the Work Outdoors uh, app has really great maps that you can look at while also having different like data fields on it. So it's pretty convenient. Um, the Polar Grit X that I have also has, kind of has maps if you make a route ahead of time. 
Um, but it's not like I can just be like, all right, show me where I am. So it doesn't quite work that way. If you want show me where I am, I think, I don't know that Polar has an option for that. I think Garmin might have something like that. I know you can definitely do that with an Apple Watch. Um, CJ Crew says, you are not faster because they put the hat on. <laughs> Dave says, buzz cut time. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Chance Togupo says, did you ever run in high school or college? Yes. In high school, I ran the half mile and mile, mostly the half mile, but I also, I did mainly field in high school. I did um, high jump, long jump, pole vault. And then occasionally they threw me into other events too. They threw me in like the 400 meter, uh, in 400 hurdles. I did the 110 hurdles a couple of times. That was funny. Um, I never did the 200. People knew better than that. Um, but I did, I think I've done like one of every race on the track. Um, but like the 800 was kind of the race that like, yeah, we could put him in that one. He won't embarrass us, but I did mostly field is what I did. Um, Jeanette Sears says beacons V2 are excellent. Don't use on a treadmill though. I wore the rubber off the heel. Really? Oh, interesting. Run barefoot and save on a pedicure. Oh, that's interesting to hear that. Like you wore through the rubber on a treadmill. Hmm. Adam Anderson says, recommendations for a first-time marathon? I've been running for about 9 to 10 months and considering running a marathon in October. That is if races are open by then. Yeah, uh, recommendations would be um, uh, get a, like, start looking at like places for a plan. Like Hal Higdon does a lot of really great first-time marathoner plans that are available on the internet for free. I think he has an app now these days as well. I was listening to an interview with him. I think Mario Fraioli interviewed him at one point on a pod, on his podcast, and he was talking about um, how like how Higdon like really doesn't like care all that much about the technology um, or for it, but he understands how important it can be, and that's why he was like he's always understood that, and that's why he was one of the first people to like give away his plans on the internet for free. Um, but it's people in his family, like his son, I think, or his nephew someone like that it's a family affair that like run and take care of all that stuff and they're very into it and um like are keeping that going and i feel like that's a really good uh symbiotic relationship there um let's see um ramsey cornado says hope you have some neck tubes left on the site gonna pick one up next week it's print on demand so like when you order it is when they make it so yeah there should be plenty blas grabner says does your barber have that pull outside the rainbow or what colors are those um I don't think so. There's two barbers that are like catty corner, like on the other sides of the street. There's one that's a little bit more old school. I think they both have the barber pole. And where the barber pole comes from is that barbers and surgeons used to be the same profession or the same person like centuries ago. And so like the pole would be a way for the barber to dry their bandages. That's why it looks that way. This, that's my understanding. I wasn't there like in medieval times, but that's... That's my understanding. Um, is the dog going to photobomb happy hour? I don't think so. Not today. He, he's been, he's, he's just hanging out by himself today. Um, yeah. He was still getting crackling and popping. Sorry about that. Uh, Matthew Lucas says, have you tried any homemade gels? I haven't. Hmm. J. Mike Remy says, this is the perfect time to slot... This is a perfect time slot to get a much-needed hour away from the family, start cooking dinner, and appreciate the daily distraction. That's awesome. I'm glad that it works out that way. I know that I kind of like that time where I'm like, all right, let's, like, clean up the kitchen from the day and, like, get dinner started. And then I'll just, like, listen to something that I want to listen to instead of having to have, like, Paw Patrol on the TV. Not that I mind Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is actually one of my favorite kids' shows. But, um, you know, like, just get I get to, like, watch and listen to what I want to listen to. It's pretty nice. I, I can relate to that, J. Mike. Um, Jeanette Sear says, the Garmin Phoenix S 6S Pro has this map feature. That's what I thought. And Garmin 945 also has maps. Cool. Cool. It says Blaz Grabnar. Um, Dave said, did you see DC Rainmaker's post today about mapping and really old Garmin watches? New root integration without using Garmin Connect. I didn't see that. I'll have to check that out. Hmm. Daniel M. did 400, 200, 4 by one and the high jump. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I was actually watching NBC Sports uh, Network has been replaying the 2019 Doha World Championships. So I was just watching the Women's High Jump Championship today. That was pretty amazing. Um, and watched the 400 hurdles. I think the 400 hurdles is the hardest event in track. 
Um, second would be the 800, but I think the 400 hurdles is probably like the hardest. And the way they had that set up, it makes me really like, uh, re- made me really super bummed that the Tokyo 2020 Olympics has been postponed because like the way that they had set up the stadium and like the lights and like the pre-race like theatrics for it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. It was so cool. Like, I think you should look it up and I'm going to see if I can post like a clip of it um, somewhere like on Twitter or something. But like they had like three of the fastest 400 hurdlers uh, in the final, one of them from Qatar. And it was uh, the world championships were in Doha and they had this giant track stadium, super well lit, you know, as a night race prime time. And then as they were like, they announced all the, the racers. And then as they were going to get ready to start the race, they shut off all the lights to the stadium and got real dark. And then they had like laser lights and then they had lights that would like spin around the, the, like the actual track as if like the lights were racing. And then they put their name around the entire 400 meters of the track and it would go around us in a circle as they were like talking about all the different athletes. It was just incredible. Um, just absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and I can only imagine like how good Tokyo's like theatrics would have been. Like, I feel like they need to get like a WWE guy to talk to like all the track people and just make, cause like, I mean, we're basically looking at gladiators when you're thinking about these track events. And I just think that it's, a, it would be an amazing combination. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Hornbeck says uses the Apple watch and the work outdoors app it has the live maps as well as the ability to download maps. Yeah, I didn't know I had the ability to download maps. One time I was running up in Wisconsin and I got lost in an area that didn't have self-service and the maps didn't work. I was just a blue dot in the middle of a screen, a white checkered screen, just like with grids. That was terrifying. <laughs> uh, Colin Baker says, pretty much four by eight, 816 every meet for all four years when he was in high school. If I were a smarter kid, I would have sandbagged 800s to get out of it. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of sandbag a lot of races. I hated racing in high school. That's why I kept gravitating towards all the, um, all the uh, field events. Every event, I felt like I was I every event, every like third step. I was like, was it? Is that an injury? Is that an injury? Is that an injury? Am I hurt? Am I hurt? Maybe I need to pull off of this race. I never DNF to any single event, but I like thought about it every single time. I just don't like racing on the track. Or I didn't then. I don't know if I'd like it now, but I didn't then. That's for sure. Uh, Greg says, any thoughts on the glide ride for a new, a neutral runner? Um, I think it's a good shoe. I haven't run in it. I know Seth loves his and he ran a whole bunch in his for his like charity event. Um, but I've not run in it myself, but I think it's, it should be pretty good. I think it has rails. So like if you're a neutral runner, you won't notice it. If you need some stability or some roll support it should help you out. So that's kind of how, like, that's like the nice thing about like the modern take on stability shoes. Uh, Ivan Russ says, how are you doing about the coffee? Uh, I still drink a lot of coffee and, but I've been, since I made that video and like really thought about how many K cups I'm going through in a day, I am using the AeroPress again a lot more. So I'm down to about like one to two K cups a day. Bo Barnett says, any weird superstition or tradition you do before a race, lucky penny, particular shirt, a certain warm up." Uh, before a race, no, I don't have one, but before I get on an airplane, I always touch one of the rivets on the airplane, like on the outside. I like to do that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Carlos says, where can I get new merch? Everyone else is talking about. If you look down below any of the videos, there should be a shelf that shows, um, Kofuzi merchandise. I so I switched over from my Etsy shop where I had some stuff before, not really, but like I had a couple of things. And I switched to Teespring because Teespring has uh, affiliated with YouTube. So that way they can put everything like right in the video itself. So if you look down in the comments or, or the passive comments, you should be able to see it. Nathan N says, once the shelter in place is over, where's a good place to find competitive group runs and races? Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you mean like in Chicago. Uh, I, it depends on what you mean by competitive. Um, so I feel like, you know, any of the big city races tend to get pretty competitive. I would look for places that have prize money, even if you're not looking for prize money and you don't think that you would like win uh, because races that have prize money will bring lots of other fast runners. And those fast runners usually have teammates 
and they'll come too. And so that's kind of like the one way that I would figure out like what are the competitive races. Um, to find competitive teams, again, I think you're probably best off like if you're looking at road racing or like track racing, being in bigger cities, if you're thinking about competitive groups, um, oh, group runs though, and group group runs, or are you talking about group races as well? I don't know about group races, but group runs. Um, I think, you know, probably bigger cities is probably the better way to find that as well. I would get hooked into what's going on at your local running shoe stores uh, to find out because they would know because they're going to know where all like the heavy hitters are. Um, let's see. Um, Blaz Grabner says, you think the 400 hurdles are hardest and the second is the 800 meters. What do you think it's harder to train for? Um, I think it's harder to train for the 400 hurdles because you have the skill aspect to it as well, um, where you have to like figure out how to run over a hurdle. The, the thing about that makes the 400 hurdles so hard is that like you're supposed to have the same number of paces in between each set of hurdles in your beginning set of hurdles and in the end over your last set of hurdles as well. And so like you really have to be strong. It takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. So it's not like, you know, you just run up to the hurdle and you're like, uh, hopefully I've paced it out correctly. Um, there's an exact number of steps that you take in between each hurdle. And so like um, that, that part to train for that and to run like that is a little bit unnatural. The 400 is a hard event as it is. The hurdles combined with the 400, I think, is what makes it the hardest. Um, but yeah, that's why I think it's harder to train for the 400. Um, Dave says, it's, as it's happy hour, I'm hoping, although being realistic, that man versus horse is still going ahead here in the Welsh mountains. That, is that a thing? Man versus horse? Uh, great event, real racing, racing real horses over a marathon distance. Look it up. I will definitely have to look that up. That sounds amazing. Yeah, Blaz Grabnar saw it in Doha, what I was talking about. It was awesome. Saw it just for the 100-meter race, though. Yeah, I mean, they did, it, they, they did really cool intros for a lot of the events, but because, like, the 400 hurdles, like, there were two athletes. They said, like, a woman high jumper. No, no, was it a high jumper? A woman field athlete and then the male um, intermediate 400 hurdler were, like, the national heroes going into this event. And so, like, this was, like, the signature event for um, that meet for at least for the, home, the host country. I'm guessing they also probably put a little bit more prize money on the line or appearance fees. I'm not sure if they can for world championships do, like, stack the deck that way. But they had three of the fastest 400 hurdlers in that event. And it was an amazing race. Um, but a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I saw that for all of the events. But for the 400 hurdle event, that was the intro was amazing. Um, let's see. Um, Austin Allison said, made it before the end. Awesome. Glad you made it. Uh, Donovan Hornbeck says, you do this every day at 3 p.m.? Andrew Superman says, every day. Yes. I don't drink every day. Drinking's only on Thursdays. Um, but yeah, every day, 3 p.m., uh, there's a YouTube live stream. And every morning at 6 a.m., there's an Instagram live stream. Uh, the reason for that being, I start, I, I mean, I normally don't really do live streams. So if you look back, like in the video history, you scroll all the way up. Um, before like lockdown started happening, I had one, I did one a year right before the Chicago marathon, I think. Um, but I felt like with everyone getting locked down, some people not being able to run at all and leave their houses at all. And some people still aren't able to do that. Um, and lots of other people around the world having varying levels of shelter in place or safer at home or whatever phrase you want to give it or a phrase that your local government has put on it. I felt like it was going to be really easy for a lot of people to feel isolated and disconnected. And I thought I can't like, it's been probably, I think it's been almost 20 years since I worked in a research lab. I can't like just hop in and get into a, into a hood and start like making cell cultures to help find a cure or whatever. But what I can do is help runners still feel like normal human beings and so that's what we're doing here and we're hanging out it's been super fun so i hope they'll come back uh and and enjoy the company um i've always liked like interacting with people in comments in youtube videos but like this is very different it's much more immediate and i feel like i got to know a lot of people in a different very different way so it's been fun uh, JC8489 says, late again, happy to be back at work, but it's messing with my live streams. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, when I go back to work, it's going to mess with the live streams too, and I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I don't know how I'm going to arrange that. So we'll see. 
Um, uh, on the other hand, I don't anticipate going back to work anytime soon. Although lots of people are starting to like start calling me up and figuring out like, okay, we got to figure out a way to like, the world can't completely stop for us. We got to do at least some things. So I'm starting to get some phone calls and stuff, which is good. Um, but it, I still have kids at home that I have to like watch. I mean, my wife takes care of them during the live stream, but you know, during the other day, I like, I've, I'm the teacher. I'm not the best, best teacher all the time, but I try. Um, Dave says, Kofuzi, I know that Seth has visited you in Chicago. Do you ever plan to go to Denver or the mountains? Are there any other YouTube runners that you'd like to visit, collab with? Ben Parks in the UK. I mean, I'd love to be, go run with Ben in, in the UK if he'd be willing to slow down for me for, for a run. Because he is super fast. But I would love to go up to Boulder and go check out some of the trails there um, or Denver area and visit Seth. I feel like, uh, you know, once this is over, Kofuzi World Tour starts. I don't know about world tour, but U.S. tour for sure. And so, like, there's lots of places that I want to go. I've already talked to my wife that I think I'm going to do, like, a marathon a month. Once, like, I feel, like, I don't know when I'll feel comfortable with that amount of travel, but, like, to travel that much. And I won't race all those marathons. A lot of them will just be, like, a long run. Maybe I'll start, like, figuring out a way to be a pacer uh, and pace people to uh, to their times. But, like, um, you know, it's kind of like a near-death experience. So like when you do that, you realize here's all the things that I wish I could have done or things that I should have been doing with my time. So those are all on my list. So we'll head out to Denver. We'll get to the mountains. Um, we'll have much more IRL Kofuzi Run Clubs and it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, Blas Grabner said it was the high jumper. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, I just didn't like that it was in Doha uh because it's not even like a track and field country else it's too hot yeah i mean do you did you watch the mayor I, I don't i haven't seen the marathon replay on it recently but the marathon like they started at midnight um and like half the field um dropped out and uh it was so hot that like for the purpose of science they made uh not made but a lot of the runners volunteered to like swallow like basically like thermometers and they could like in real time see like what people's like bodies were doing in terms of like thermoregulation running in that kind of heat so yeah um donovan hornbeck says i live just a bit north of you in michigan oh awesome very cool uh donovan says what do you teach i'm also a teacher i teach uh, i teach at a law school i teach litigation technology so i help law students um who are hoping to be trial lawyers to incorporate technology into their trial presentations so it's um a little, not like traditional teach. I don't, I'm, when I said I'm a teacher, I, mean, I teach my kids. Like I'm homeschooling the kids like, every, like a lot of other parents are. Um, but I do teach as well, but I teach like law students. And I also teach some LLMs, so like so law graduate students. The, so international law, um, not international law, but lawyers from other countries that are coming to get degrees in the U.S. So. Ian, Elan Gallego says, I hear that a cadence around 180 is ideal when running. My average is in the 150s. Do you think I should try increasing my cadence? Or continuing would feel good, good to me? My shorter answer is continue what, do, what doing feel, feels good is. I would say keep doing that. Um, the longer answer involves a, uh, an examination of how tall you are. And at what pace are you calculating that 150 average? Um, and at what pace are people that are telling you 180 uh, per minute in terms of cadence is supposed to be? Right. So like a 180 sounds ideal when running, running what? An ultra, a 200 meter sprint, you know? So like there needs to be a little bit more context to that. Um, I think that most people talk about when they talk about that, they're talking about long distance running. Um, so anything from like the half marathon to marathon range. But I think that like, you know, I, I, I think cadence is one of those numbers I think is over, uh, emphasized. Um, I think that your cadence, as you get stronger and more fit, will naturally increase. It's, I think, tail wagging the dog. If you're like, uh, I want to, I'm going to start making myself 180 steps per minute. I think once you get more fit, you will get to 180 um, or somewhere near there or what, whatever is optimal for your body. Donovan Hornbeck says, also as a YouTuber, I used to do tech reviews, but I wanted to switch to my first love and start a running focus channel. 
I say do it. I mean, I'd say like the smaller you can niche down to something that you would be happy making a video about every day or just about every day or every time you make a video, um, do that. Um, you know, uh, when I started doing this, it was like two or three years ago, um, both Seth and I, we knew each other before each of us made running videos and um, neither of us were making running videos at the time. And so we just started doing it. And it was a much smaller niche than what, what, we, were, what we were doing, which was like family vlogging. My previous like point of view was like urban dad. So like city dad kind of thing. Uh, what's it like to raise kids without a car, uh, living in a walkable neighborhood in a city and sending your kids to private, uh, public school, not private school. So um, that was kind of the point of view. Uh, then I switched up from that uh, to running. Uh, and about the same time Seth did as well. And so, uh, that's a much finer niche. Oh, maybe it is, or maybe it isn't, but, um, it, it felt like a much finer niche. Now there's a lot more people in here and that's awesome. I'm glad that it's becoming not so much of a, a weird like subcategory. Um, I like the fact that a lot of people, I see other people out there running with like selfie sticks. I think that's great. Um, but I would say like niche down to something that you think is you're going to be passionate about. Um, smallest viable audience is something that you want to think about. Um, and then go even smaller. That's kind of how I would, I would do it if I were to do it now. Um, Blas Grabner says his uh, cadence is one six, so under 160 all the time as well. Um, 3K for 10, uh, 30, but still a low cadence. Yeah, I mean, a fast time. Um, but uh, yeah, that does seem like a little bit of a low cadence. But like, I, I don't... I also don't really do too many like form drills uh, for the same reason. I feel like as you get stronger and more fit and more adapted to certain speeds and um, distances, then I think that your uh, form will improve to a way that's optimal for the way that your body uh, is strong. And if you look at your form and think, oh, I think I have run funny or I need to fix this and that. I don't necessarily think that like running drills are going to fix it. I think that there's usually some sort of like muscle imbalance uh, that is the root cause of that. I don't know how to diagnose those or how to fix them, but I, that's, I think that's where like the symptoms come from. Like for example, like I think that my, I run really awkward. I see myself running in slow motion every day. And so I think that I have a very unusual gait and I think that a lot of that is just, that's what is normal for me. But I also think that a lot of it comes from the fact that I don't have a lot of like the stability muscles, like core and like just the lateral strength. Um, I think I've become a little bit of a track lead where I'm like really good at running straight. And so I also think that that means that I'm weak in certain areas and I'm trying to work on some of those things. And I think that rather than like doing a drill to make my running form look prettier, I think if I make the rest of my body stronger, the prettier will take care of itself. And Rand, sorry about that. Um, Dave says, thoughts on the law used in the Good Wife set in Chicago? Um, you know, I think that for, I, I feel like the Good Wife does a pretty good job of uh, getting the law not too crazy. Um, and I think that a lot of those shows do have legal consultants um, on staff, like pretty much on set, or if not in the writer's room. Just so that way, like, you know, it doesn't get too crazy out there. Um, but, you know, the one thing that, like, strikes me about, like, The Good Wife um, is, like, every time, like, there's a trial and there's always visuals at the trial, which makes sense because there's always visuals at a trial these days in 2020. Um, the way that they show it to the jury is they pick up, like, a TV remote and click a button as if they're, like, hitting, like, channel up. And then, like, the video will start playing that they wanted. Um, or like, uh, like a, the photo of like the crime scene will show up and I'm like, it doesn't happen quite that way. Um, it happens a little bit in real life. It's a lot messier. Um, and I, and I consulted with one of the attorneys that was defending, um, the Laquan McDonald shooter. And, um, unfortunately what he still ended up doing, um, in, uh, that trial is they used an iPad and there's an iPad specific app that I train people on. Um, I don't have any financial connection with that company. Um, and you can use uh, AirPlay to wirelessly, so you don't have to be connected with like an HDMI cable and walk around with an iPad, uh, to show exhibits to the court. And you can use an Apple TV for it. But, um, and we hadn't talked about this beforehand. When he went to court with it, he just left his like regular iPads, like Apple TV settings on. So like when he wasn't showing exhibits, the witnesses 
and the cameras that were uh, like shooting at the witnesses um, could see that like it was just looking at like the Apple TV home screen a lot of the time. And I was just like, there's little things like that that like don't show up in TV, which you wouldn't want to show up in TV because you'd be like, no real attorney would really be that like thoughtless and not think about that. But yeah, they do. Um, and I can only help people so much. Um, sorry to get into work, sh- work talk. I don't like to talk about work. Um, Innis Dunbar says, the live streams have been a good thing to be a part of. Nice to connect with other runners around the world during these strange times. I agree. Um, I've been so happy to meet all, all of you during these, with these live streams and through these live streams. Um, let's see. Um, Oscar Montiero says, hello from Portugal. Love your channel. Keep up the good work. Tomorrow I'm going to buy the Adazero Pro. Can't wait to buy it. Can't wait to try them. Huh, how are you going to get those tomorrow? Oh. Are they available in Portugal? I don't know. Are they available in the U.S.? I don't. Because I, I, I am dying to get my hands on those. Adair says, uh, 2016 says, many fans of Portugal. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Um, Dave says, putting your day job hat on top of your YouTube hat. What's some tech that really excites interests you? For me, it's the Skydio 2 demo that DC Rainmaker showed off. Auto following through the trees. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't see that demo. I saw that he, I saw like a clip he had made when he was like uh, doing a high wind speed test and it just made me miss like running by the lake because um, the water level is really high and it's been windy. So I feel like there'd be great splashing going on. Um, but uh, let's see, what's some tech that really excites me and interests me right now? Um, I like the fact that a lot of people are playing around with 360 cameras and I like that there's a lot of pressure in that regard. I think it's going to make GoPro, hopefully make GoPro finally release a high frame rate 360 camera. That's like really what I want because uh, their image quality, I think, is the best. Um, if they could work through some of their like workflow issues, and I can make it if I can make it that like working with a 360 camera is almost as easy as working with a regular GoPro, then I would probably run with the 360 camera every day until then I, I won't. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to drones. I think that like in the city for me, drones are too hard. Um, and, uh, part of that is like, I don't want to have, I don't, I I don't want to be the person that has to do the fight. I don't want to be like the trailblazer for that. Um, in terms of like fighting, like what, what, who has jurisdiction, FAA, Chicago parks, whatever. Um, federal government if i'm shooting flying a drone low altitude over lake michigan you know i don't i don't want to have to deal with that uh i don't want to get fined i don't want to get harassed uh, or anything like that i also don't like to stop uh in the middle of my run to get the drone out um if they can make a drone that i could just like pull out of my back and just like throw it up in the air and it would just start following me I'll buy that one. I don't think that'll ever happen. And so then I think the 360 camera like scratches a lot of that itch. So like if I have a drone and I run with it, I'd probably only run with it maybe like four to six times a year anyway. So um, on uh, specific kinds of days. But like if I were to do more trail running, then I'd probably get a drone, another drone. Because uh, I have this Spark. Uh, and that's a little bit underpowered for what I want to do. But the size is right. But I feel like a lot has changed since I bought that DJI Spark. So if I were to do more trail running, I think I'd get into that. So that's kind of the technology that I'm waiting to improve. Um, Chase the Summit says, are you wearing the Polar Grit X as your daily running watch? Yes, still have it on right now. I like it. How's the experience been so far? It's great. It's uh, for me and the way that I use it, it's pretty much exactly like the Vantage V, a little bit lighter. Battery life is a little bit longer and I get the weather. That's kind of like my like, like real life gist of it. and so uh, I have to do like a deeper dive to really figure out what the differences are uh, for people that are like really having a hard time deciding between the two. Um, but I also I'm trying to get some information on like, where is the Vantage V going? Because right now it doesn't seem to make sense compared to the Grit X. So I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm digging into it a little bit further. Um, let's see. Uh, Dave says that sort of drone does exist. I've seen I've seen like videos of people like taking a drone and like throwing it off a bridge and like it'll float and then follow you around. Um, that's interesting to me. Like I, I'd love to see someone test that out uh, and do it rather than like a promo video. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the Skydio is that. Maybe I need to look into it a little bit further. Um, uh, Steve, what, Withy, Steve, 
says, I noticed the uh, Add a Zero Pro listed in Seth Strava shoes list. Awesome. Hopefully, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think it's very interesting that Seth still runs in like Adidas at all, um, given his history with them last year. But um, yeah, I, I'm really interested. To see, you know, the shoe that I wish that he would run in is the Hyperion Elite because he's fast enough to like really put the theory to the test. Everyone that says like, you know, you don't like the Hyperion Elite because you're not elite. Um, well, Seth is elite. So let's see what he thinks. That's a shoe that I'd love for him to run in. But I also wouldn't want to be like, here, you run in this shoe and then have him like come back injured. That would make me feel really bad. So Dan, Donovan Hornbeck says, where do I get my shoes from? Uh, some of them get sent to me and I list that in all the videos when I talk about the shoes, if they get sent to me from somewhere. Uh, but for the most part, I buy them. Uh, I would, yeah, I would still say for the most part, a majority of the time I buy them. I buy them from Roadrunner Sports, who also does send me a lot of shoes. I buy them from Running Warehouse. I buy them from um, Fleet Feet from occasion, although I've been buying a lot less from Fleet Feet lately. Um, but I would say probably Roadrunner Sports or Running Warehouse are probably the two main places where I get my shoes. Every once in a very rare while, as in like twice, I'll get shoes from StockX if it's a very hard pair of shoes to get a hold of. So... All right, we'll do one more today. We went long today. Malcolm Kent. Hey, Kafuzi, I always wanted to know how you determine which heel drop in shoes is right for you. I have no clue what to go by. Thanks for asking. I would say don't worry about it. Try on the shoe and figure out, like, what feels good to you and then run in it. And then you can kind of use that as a barometer in the future. But I feel like heel drop is, like, another one of those numbers where I'm not sure how effective it is as a proxy for shoe performance anymore. You know, so it'd be like saying, like, you know, how far are the seats apart in a car? Like, like driver's seat versus shotgun. What does that tell you? I don't know. Um, it's a number. Yeah, and lots of different cars will have different numbers, but I, I don't know what it really means. So, like, there are some times where, I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration. I think zero hill drop is different than 10 millimeters. But, like, you know, six versus eight, eight versus 10, four versus, when you're talking about, like, two millimeters, I don't think it makes that big a difference. Most daily trainers will come in at the eight millimeters to 10 millimeter range. So it's a good place to start to kind of figure out where you, what you like. Um, some shoes are at four. You're either gonna get, there's not any shoe that I know of that's two. You're either gonna get four millimeters or, or like zero. But um, I would say try on the shoe. Uh, don't worry about the number. Don't look at the number. That heel drop number is not, for, in my mind, um, the best deciding factor. All right, so with that, I'll say a uh, good day to all of you. Cheers. Hope you had a good happy hour today. Um, I'll give you guys one, one last look at the mop before I go. Um, it's pretty wild. But um, I'll be back on Instagram tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. if you want to meet me there. Or I'll be back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time, Chicago Time uh, on YouTube. Uh, in the meantime, hope you guys are all safe on your runs. And I will see you guys in the next one.